On today's episode of Gathering the Kings. Comparison is so natural part of like our DNA as humans. But to your point, like once you realize that it's just a game and you're just trying to get laughs and smiles out of people and, you know, the worst case scenarios, you fall on your face and learn a cool lesson and don't make that a mistake again. You are listening to Gathering the Kings with Chaz Wolf, featuring fellow seven, eight, and even nine figure business owners who have real battle scars from business and life. But have prevailed as the king that they are designed to be. We welcome high-performing entrepreneurs to the stage in order to reveal the real of the real on what it takes to build a successful business today. We dissect the good and bad decisions they've made along the way that give a true and accurate picture of the journey of success and how you too can get there. Through this dialogue, you will learn the value of growing your network and surrounding yourself with power players and kings like today's guest. Grab your pen and notebook because we're about to dive in. All right. What's up, everybody? I'm Chaz Wolf, Gathering the Kings podcast. Today, I've got Nick Barton here on the King stage. My brother, Nick. How we doing? I'm doing excellent, man. I'm so fired up to be here. Thank you for having me. Dude, I'm glad that you're fired up. And even somebody that has that says they're fired up, man, that's how I, I do things as a guest. When I'm a guest on a show, I'm like, just Let's freaking go, man. And so I just tell you what, it fires up the host, actually. So if anybody's listening right now and you're trying to be a good guest on a show, I mean, freaking bring the energy, man, because it is it is tough if you don't. So, Nick, thanks for being fired up, man. What kind of business do you got? Brother? Dude, thank you again. Yeah, I'm in the insurance business. We are in the property and casualty world. We have a independent brokerage and we are currently launching a new brand, Green Risk Partners, to really kind of go into the cannabis insurance space. It's been quite of a challenge, but that's that's what we're excited about. We're pumped up to be helping people in the cannabis space purchase insurance from trusted. Yeah, I love that. Taking a taking a, a old an old aged product that nobody loves. Everybody or buys likes. it but nobody likes it. Yeah. And uh, and providing some solutions for a and just an absolute blowing up industry. Yes, absolutely. It's it's a challenge. There's a lot of challenges. That obviously, we've got the state by state challenges. We've got the federal confusion. We don't need to get into the weeds on that. But there's definitely some products. Oh yeah, into the weeds, pun intended. There's some products out there that people need to be aware of. There's some products that they absolutely should have, and then there's some other products that they're probably getting pitched that they don't need, but the the broker is going to make a bunch of money on. So we're here to kind of help people navigate those waters and point them in the right direction. Yeah, I love what you just said, man. I think that every business owner listening right now has some sort of a feeling towards insurance, and my guess is that it's not going to be super great. But at the same time, too, there's I mean, I used to work in insurance. I used to sell insurance just like you when I was when I was I must say when I was a kid. I was a kid. <laughs> 19, 20, 21. But the thing that you just said a second ago, which was basically sell them what they need. Like that is just super great, honest, authentic sales. But in insurance, I feel like it's just so tough because I, as an entrepreneur, personally, I know the difference in, in, in coverages and policies, but most entrepreneurs don't. Most people don't really know. Insurance is confusing. It, do I need this? How much, how much do I need? Or, or you could easily oversell me. And, and I would never know. And so in an industry that's old and nobody is archaic, but nobody knows to hear a guy like you say, look, man, I'm coming to come in and not only help you, but I'm just, I'm only going to sell you what you need. Like that is a big deal. Would you like, is that kind of like a differentiator for you guys? 100% man. I, I appreciate you bringing that up too. And it's cool to hear that you have that knowledge. So few people do understand the nuts and bolts when it comes to insurance and policy language. It's not fun stuff by any means, but the point you made is very valid. Insurance is sort of, I, I don't really know the exact way to, I've 
categorize it as modified gambling, professional gambling, like literally insurance companies are gambling, right? They're taking yeah. a risk. They're trying to bet against risk, et cetera. So no yeah, broker right. out there is going to ever be able to give somebody the perfect recipe of products that they should have. It, it is going to be a judgment call on the business owner, but a good broker will explain the differences. That way the consumer, business owner, entrepreneur can make their own decision and they can ask yeah. questions about their specific business because everybody's business is different. But yeah, to your point, there, there's no level of insurance that will always be enough for the worst catastrophe and a perfectly safe person who never finds themselves in any sort of accident. Any insurance is too much, right? So it's like finding that blend and trying to help educate people. I love that. Yeah. What do you think is the, the difficulty? I mean, obviously it's complex or at least it appears complex. I mean, I remember taking the test, like, I like barely passed that sucker at 19 years old. But for the for the average business owner, and and this is a guy who's maybe running a sub million or maybe a 200 million, like totally two different needs. One's got fleets. The other one's got maybe his one vehicle or maybe a, a work comp policy for one other person. Like how the education piece, that like training piece, that like, you building relationships like how how is that important how do you do that like give us a little bit just background there well a lot of the a lot of the challenge i think you might have mentioned it at the top of this pod or maybe it was before we got started so apologies if you have to edit this out but the the, the personality types right every single person is different trying to understand right. who the person is how they want to hear the information is one of the biggest challenges to begin with so if you're going in there arrogant i have all of the information let me give it to you you're probably going to fall flat on your face. It's, it's reading the room. It's understanding the person that you're talking to and, and really trying to understand how they want to receive the information, how much of the information they want to receive, and if they're interested in it or not. And so the biggest challenge is sort of taking somebody who's got a million things on their plate. They have a lot of exposure. They need a lot of coverage, but they don't really want to take the time to learn or understand anything. So yeah, I guess right. to, to combat that challenge, and, and sorry for a little bit of a long-winded answer here, but to combat that challenge, my suggestion is just and first and foremost, work with somebody that you trust. I mean, if you trust the person, they might not have all of the answers. It may be a smaller broker that, you know, is just getting started. But if it's right. somebody that you know, you like, and you trust, they will find the resources. They will find a, a more experienced brokerage that can help right. them get the answers for your business. So th those are th the biggest challenges are, to your point, nobody likes insurance. Insurance sucks until you need it. I mean, that's just the, the nature of the beast. But most people do need it. So we're trying to help conquer those challenges by not, not to sound cheesy, not trying to make insurance fun. It's not going to be fun, but trying to educate people and understand that they can mitigate some of their risk in their business. Well, and that's what it is. As you mitigate, you bring peace. So as an entrepreneur, I have all these things going on, right? <clears throat> or maybe I'm a new cannabis store or manufacturer or whatever. And I got all this risk, right? I, I've got payroll. I've got I've got investments that are made in marketing. I've got the physical location. I've got tax. I mean, all this stuff. And it's just like one after the other. And whether it's a physical altercation that comes in via storm or via one of my drivers getting in an accident, something of my building catching a fire, like all these things that could potentially happen. In me as a business owner, I'm trying to mitigate risk. Well, what does that really mean? I'm trying to make sure that no matter what happens, that things continue or that my lifestyle or my family are protected and or at peace. Okay, so I get to pay money through Nick to a guy or to a, to a company mm -hmm. to make sure that in the worst case scenario that things keep right on going. Or at least in that moment, I can go, 
we're going to be able to make it through and I don't have to then go to level 17 million of stress and or like, how am I going to figure this out? Or worst case scenario, not be able to continue the business, right? Absolutely. You're, you're spot on. And I think to, to, to not to get, again, not into the details, but deductible is a word that I think most people do understand. So just a quick education piece, the deductible is the part of the insurance that you have to pay if something happens, right? So helping people understand a deductible is uh, multi-leveled. So as you smart with a really small business that doesn't have a whole lot of assets to protect, uh, the, the insurance products are pretty basic. But then when you get to, like you mentioned, if you have a business that has $200 million worth of assets, the question becomes, how much do I want to insure with another company versus how much do I want to self-insure, right? So having an extremely high deductible on your insurance policy, like a $10,000 deductible on a home policy, for example, you're saying, I'm going to take more risk here. I'm, my cost of insurance is going to be lower because I'm taking that risk. So all the way up the ranks of a $200 million business, there are things that they can self-insure. They can say, you know, we're going to take the risk. If something happens, yeah, we are going to be out this money, but we understand the, the leverage of our assets and we understand that there are risks that we want to pass on to another larger firm that's $5 billion as opposed to a couple hundred million, et cetera. So yeah, outsourcing the, the risk. Definitely. Love that. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about your story. How'd you get into insurance? How did you uh, become the guy that uh, everybody loves, but doesn't ever want to see? So same story as everyone that's either in insurance or been in insurance listening to this pod right now. I did not want to get into insurance. I fell into it. I, I am super blessed in that my parents were in the insurance industry. They started off. I didn't see the opportunity that I had when I was younger. And I thought, oh, I'm going to go my own way. I'm going to start my own cell phone company and do these things. But then I realized after a little bit, after maturing, getting a little bit like, man, this is a great opportunity. I really need to take advantage of this opportunity. So I got in with my folks and I'm now kind of on the third year of trying to get them to retire. They probably will never retire, but I, I'm kind of taking over the operation so that they don't have to yeah. do, do, do the things they don't want to, I guess I'll say. Yeah. 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 There's a cool legacy transfer there that you're going through that I hope to go through one day with my children and grandchildren. I, I, I actually like wake up excited about doing deals with my grandkids. I don't know, like I'm kind of weird in that way, but man, it gets me freaking fired up. Dude, that's really cool. And I, I actually, I'm really trying to embrace the, the position that I'm in because I, hearing a bunch of other people's stories, success stories, there's a lot of stories out there, rags to riches, right? People that have started from absolutely nothing and have made hundreds of millions of dollars or even just a really cool life or a cool story, right? But we are, we're, we're kind of born into the situation that we're in. And I'm really embracing the fact that I'm blessed. Like I was given a much better opportunity than so many people out there. So I kind of have to make it even that much better. You know what I'm saying? Right. If that makes any sense. Yeah, absolutely. What do you think, just maybe more selfishly, because I'm always trying to pull nuggets from second or third or even fourth generation entrepreneurs. What did your parents do that gave you that insight? Because obviously that's what I'm looking to to my son or my daughters, I want them to be able to be thankful for the opportunity of what dad did, but at the same time, not to rest on that and go, well, this is, this is, we can't, this is just the base. Like we gotta, we gotta take it to another level. What did they do to instill that in you? I think a lot of what they did, well, if I'm understanding you correct, I, I might've misunderstood your question, but I'll just say that they definitely had a lot of patience with me. So that's, so, so giving advice to anyone who's got a son or daughter getting into their business, just be patient because they're young and they've got to do some maturing on their own and really try to find their path in life. So they were very patient with me and I'm, and I'm so very thankful that they, that they were, but then. So, so maybe part of the question was about the drive and the motivation. And I, I'm extremely blessed in that 
I, I got a good mixture of my mother and my father's genes. My father is 100% salesman and my mother's 100% underwriter. So I, if I want to hear a no, I go to my mom. If I want to hear a yes, I go to my dad. It's that simple. But that also presents its own set of challenges trying to be a business owner and trying to run the operation. It's like, That's right. I kind of know when I can cherry pick a yes answer or go to my dad. And then I kind of know if I really am questioning something, go to my mom. So I'm maturing as a person and realizing that, hey, I have to be the one to make this decision, take the best of both of, you know, everything that they've taught me and just be right. confident in my answer. And, and that's what they did. So a lot of what they did is just instill confidence in me and say, hey, you can do this, do whatever's on, whatever your gut tells you to do, and we're going to have your back. Yeah. Wow. You, I mean, <clears throat> all that seems really simple, but I think that that's the target that I think every entrepreneur listening right now that has kids, we're just trying to instill confidence, have my kids back, but know that like, I'm not going to save them always. Like there's like, there's this balance of like, ah, I, I don't want to be the the guy that doesn't allow you to fall when you're riding your bike. Um, but I'll, I'll put some pads on your knees. Create analogy. It's such a hard line to walk, right? I mean, we all know that the more things we do for our kids, the less they're going to be able to do on their own or have confidence to on their own. But it's still just so natural to want to protect your offspring, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. All right. Well, so we got to, we got your story. You're a, you're a lifer in the insurance world. You're going you're gonna to keep, keep the legacy rolling. Tell us a, a good decision that you made in the business as you've been kind of transitioning or even in your own building process. Something that you did that worked that we can go do in our business. What is that? So I would say, dude, I, I, I've been telling this story and I've been saying five years, but it's probably been closer to seven or eight years now is when I kind of transitioned from my head down, focused on how can I make more money? How can I get more clients? How can I be a better insurance agent to, to lifting my head up and realizing that other independent agents out there are dealing with the same struggles that I'm dealing with. And so partnering and teaming up with what I thought was my competition was the best decision I ever made. So I'm part of a couple of Facebook groups. I'm part of a few tech strings of insurance agency owners all across the United States. So the power and numbers and the leverage is what was the most surprising thing and, and really kind of how I feel like I leveled up because I went from, if I needed an answer to something, I would go to Google and then try to figure out what the best answer is. Now I have a, a network of people that have all been through what I'm probably facing and they're right. able to quickly help me, give me the, the heads up. So I would say to the entrepreneurs out there that feel like maybe that the competition, the other shop on the cross the street, if you're in a small town, I, I could imagine it would even be more of a feel of competitive nature with the, the other broker, or the other painter or whatever the business is. But yeah. I would say embrace those people. There's plenty of uh, people out there that need policies. There's plenty of houses that need to, need to be painted, et cetera. So really yeah. kind of like teaming up and and, and then... I guess on that note is also offering as much advice as I can. So early on in the groups, I was gathering all this stuff. I mean, people were sharing templates of forms that they were using. I mean, really, really helpful stuff. And then I realized after quite a while, like, hey, I need to start giving back. And, and so now kind of like the funnest part of my job is, is finding, sorry, not my job, but the funnest part of my day or my weeks is like having somebody chime into one of the threads and ask a question that I was able to conquer and being able to help them through that is is really fulfilling. Yeah, it's really cool. Without knowing it, you just described the the warrior to king transition. And and there's obviously a lot of things that happen inside of that. But the warrior, like you said, head down, money motivated, selfish, really. But there's a period of time that you have to do that. The king mindset is just like, okay, I'm responsible for all of this. 
And I've really got to be able to like really press in and give. But the allies that a king creates are 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 really the most strategic. And so I love everything that you just said as far as practicality, getting with other people, building your network. But even inside of that, what it is, it, is it, it transitioned and matured you as an individual. Which uh, like when I think about gathering the kings from a mastermind perspective before the podcast, I mean, that's like, it's like the MS. It's like, I want to get together with guys that just want to give. And it doesn't mean that like, I just want to get there in that room because they're all given to me. It's like the, quite the opposite. It's like, we're all trying to out give each other. It's, it's awesome. quite it's quite a like a, a an interesting scenario. Even when I go to lunch with some of these guys, if I'm in their city or if a couple of the guys here in my city, it's like we're racing to pay the ticket or we're racing to like collaborate or how can I how can I get on a call with you? It has nothing to do with the mastermind or anything and like add value into your business because I know exactly what you're going through right now. So it just everything that you just described of like leveling up in that way with other people, it's real. And I love that you've uh, found that even inside of the insurance world. I think it's pretty cool. Dude, yeah, thank you. It's kind of like a constant Canadian standoff, if you will, right? Like, I don't know if you know that term, but it's like, you go first. No, please, you go first. No, you go yeah. first. And it's like, doing that every day with people is actually really fun, dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm 100% right there with you. It is. It is. Well, and, and we, <laughs> I love that, that. There's a lot of depth to that analogy there. But when you realize it's a game, right? Like business itself is a game. Life is a game. That takes you to a level of like, let's just have some fun today. Let's just see what happens. But then when you get around other people that also think like that, you start making some kind of like crazy decisions that are just really fun because you're just playing the game. Some of them are pretty risky and we need guys like you to back up the risk. Some of them are like, this is not risky at all, but like this makes perfect sense because this is right for my family or this is right for a friendship that I'm building with this entrepreneur across the country. There's just, it's just really cool when you have that, that levity that it just like that. Just let it go, man. It's just a bit, it's just a game. Let's just have some fun, right? A hundred percent, man. Yeah, like like worrying about what other people are going to think. I think we all kind of know is probably the downfall of most of us. And we all do it, right? Comparison is so natural part of like our DNA as humans. But to, yeah, to your point, like once you realize that it's just a game and you're just trying to get laughs and smiles out of people and, you know, the sure. worst case scenarios, you fall on your face and learn a cool lesson and don't make that a mistake again. It, 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 it starts to get more and more fun every day. That's right. All right. Well, let's let's uh, let's cut the fun and talk about your bad decision. What'd you do okay. that we can learn from? Well, I guess to, to yeah, I've got a long list and I know you don't have all day, so I'll just <laughs> kind of break it down into a, sort of a, a, a categorize. I guess I would say that the lack of patience is a bad decision and, and to, to dial that in even a little bit more. So I'm sitting here in our office here in Ahwatukee, Arizona, a little suburb of Phoenix in South Phoenix here. And back when I got into the in industry, we didn't have an office. My parents were working out of their house. And I'm like, this is not going to work, right? So we built this office, which was really cool. And then I, I wanted to start transitioning to really taking over as the CEO of the business and, and handling all operations. And so I outfitted my parents to get themselves their home office. And it's like in the back of my mind, I knew that I was going to miss having them here in the office, but I went ahead and did it anyway, probably a little bit prematurely, right? I should have been more patient. I should have really like done more soul searching and, and been more patient with them and realized that the small little arguments inside the office aren't really that bad compared to like all the great times, right? So here I am now and, and they're not here anymore. And I do miss having them here in the office. I, I go to my mom's house now and I sit at her table and I, and I chat about things and it's like, so anyway, I guess I would say I made a, t a lot of bad decisions. I wanted to keep it uh, appropriate and professional for your podcast. So 
I just went with a lack of patience. So, so yeah, I guess I would say that suggestion for any entrepreneurs out there, especially in the family business dynamic, like really try to focus on being as patient as possible and try to think of your future self. Try to think, where am I going to be 10 years from today? Will I be happy with the decision that I'm making? How do you work that muscle, Nick? Because what you just, you're talking about delayed gratification. You're talking about making a mature decision today that's going to affect the Chaz 10 years from now or 20 years from now. Of course, there's even other people at the 10 or 20 or 30 year mark, my kids, my grandkids, my teams, their family. Like there's just a lot of weight that goes into that decision of the weight of the crown, if you will. How do you work that muscle now? So that way, when you go to make a decision, you either remember or you're like, mm, mm, let me slow down. Let me, let me not be urgent here. Let me slow down. Think through this for 10 or 20 years down the road. How do you, how do you do that? Great question. I would say that is a really good question to try to put it into a short amount of words. I guess I would say it, it sounds cliche, but really trying to find people that you look up to and imitate them. Try to find people that are living their life the way that you want to be living and ask them questions. It's real easy to ask somebody questions and advice from somebody who's a lower level than you at the same level than you, not in a place that you're aspiring to be. That's the easy route. And we all do it, right? I'm, I'm super guilty. Whenever I just want some self-gratification or I'm afraid to really get to, the, to what I need to get to, I'll ask right. somebody that I know I'll get what I, what the answer will be, right? That the challenge is asking the person that you're afraid to ask. And the challenge is reaching out to the really successful person that you look up to because there's fear there. So I would say that that's that the, the way to do it is to surround yourself with people that you want to be like and, and eliminate the people that you don't want to, even though you may have an extensive history with them, you may love them as humans, but you don't need to be spending more time with them. Again, it's cliche, but like the five people you spend the most time with, you're going to start to act like, et cetera. So that's yeah. the easiest way I guess I could put it. Yeah, good, man. You kind of just gave us a little bit of a recipe for for making good decisions and surrounding yourself with people that can help you slow down a little bit. Anything else that you would add to that formula of making good decisions? I've got slow down a little bit, ask some experts or people that you are inspired by. Would you add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say dream big or think big, like really go for anything and everything. Five years ago, if somebody told me I was going to be on this podcast right here with you talking, I would have been like, you're crazy. But straight up, I just make really big goals and I go after them. And again, getting back to the worst case scenario, you get halfway there and you got way further than you thought you'd ever be. So yeah, make big, audacious goals. Do crazy things. Don't be afraid to be embarrassed. A lot of those things kind of all go together with, like you're kind of saying, like just play the game of life. Just live freely. Just realize if you have a smile on your face, if you're spreading love, if you're really truly trying to help other people, the mistakes that you make, the the arrogance that people might feel like you have, which oftentimes looks at like overconfidence. It's like, don't worry about that stuff. Those people will figure it out later down the road that, hey, you're just trying to help and and nobody can really fault you for that. So just play the game of life with a big smile, I guess, is how to answer that. It's good, man. It's good. Let's go to our uh, speed round here. My question first is around KPIs. And I say it like this. If you could only pick one thing to track inside the uh, insurance agency there, what would it be? So the trendy thing, well, first of all, I can say KPIs, key performance indicator, a lot of people that I was doing a podcast. A lot of people don't even know what that is. So I just feel like and, and everybody on this pod should. So now I'm kind of no, being repetitive and stupid. But key good. performance indicators are really huge. KPI is like a trendy word. And, and then so I guess with another trendy acronym, NPS is what we are looking at, which is the net promoter score. 
If we could throw everything out and only deal with the net promoter score, that's the most important thing to us. And just to give a super short little synopsis of what that is, when you think about your clients or the people you do business with, whoever's going to be promoting you the most is going to have the highest net promoter score. Whoever right. would, will not be promoting you has the lowest, right? So we think of revenue, we think of commission, we think of all these different things, but the net promoter score really is what we believe is going to be the indicator for longevity and for growth in the future. Yeah. Well, and, and I think that there are businesses out there that are, some are catching the wind of keeping a relationship with their client, that they don't have to do as much work to just keep them as a client as opposed to getting a new one, especially in insurance though. Like this is a client that as long as you just can, can not keep happy, but like serve well over the course of time, they're not going to go anywhere. So you've got this repetitive revenue stream. And so for even the business owner that has to maybe just go unclog a toilet one time, or for the person that sells a wrap on your van, or like <clears throat> there's a lot of one-time transactions, one time, right? What would mm -hmm. you say to that guy who's maybe not thinking longevity because I just got to get another wrap. I just got to get another plum job or whatever. But it's not like that. It's actually, the relationship actually matters in those businesses too. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Great question as well. And uh, I'll try not to get too spiritual here with you and feel free to cut me off if, if I'm going down that route. But truthfully, this is coming from the heart, karma. Even though that's a one-time job, you may not get any more business from this person. Karma is real. The universe is always listening and watching. And you need to treat every person that you interact with as if they were your the, the person you love the most, your mother, your father, your grandmother, your grandfather, your children, your, your teenager, whatever it is, when you treat those people, even, even I would say it's probably amplified when it's an obvious one transaction situation, that's when it's the easiest just to not care, right? It's the easiest just to take the money and give the receipt, right? So those are the biggest challenges. The ones that require a lot of in, intimate interaction, those ones are easy to, to nurture that relationship. So I guess to, to your point, like acting as if every single interaction that you're doing, you're being watched, the universe is watching, is going to reward you with better prospects in the future based on your actions or, or worse. Yeah. I'll share this stat here because I've got a mastermind member who sells homes and he's got a, a big team doing the same, but he knows that his client that he sells a house or helps buy a house today is likely to be another client of his in 3.8 years or whatever the exact number is. I can't remember. He's got it dialed down to the month. And it's like, okay. So first off, that's that's a stat that comes from history. And then, so you got to pay attention to the numbers, the KPIs like you're talking about, the, the, the net prom promoter score. And then you can apply it to building a relationship with this person. Okay, so if I come out and I clean their drain clog right now, they potentially are going to need a water heater. They're going to need this or that or the other over the course of the next, let's call it nine years. And so in this nine-year period or this four-year period or whatever this lifetime of this client is, there's going to be these four things. Guess what? And they're going to randomly go to Google each time unless they have a relationship, which like you just said, it's so easy in those one-time scenarios to just be different. How do you be different? How do you, I know it's intentionality. I know you, you and I, like we breathe this stuff. But for the guy listening right now that's like, ooh, okay, this is good. How do I do it in that moment? How do I like wow somebody in a one-time transaction? What would you say? It's hard to give advice in that sense because it, it took me a long time and, and I'm still on this journey, right? I still have a lot to learn. I feel like I'm just barely getting, barely just starting to learn some of this stuff. So 
I, I don't want to come off like a know-it-all or in a high place of, of, of knowing and this is what you should do. So take this with a grain of salt, listeners. But I would say just like kind of like baby steps, right? Like if you're a little bit nervous to, if you have that call or that meeting and, and now you want to transition from the product that you're selling or the service that you're trying to push or promote or whatever to like talk about butterflies or golf or something different, right? It doesn't feel natural. So I would say just do baby steps, like one small thing, realize that the conversation didn't get completely derailed. And the more you can do that, the more you do the baby steps, the more it feels more comfortable. And then before you know it, you're like interrupting extremely detailed conversations with like the most random stupid thing but the person's not offended because they know you're yeah. genuine about it and and they're they're wanting to listen and hear what you have to say. Because Nick, didn't didn't we just say it's just a game? Like, so what does it matter? Exactly. Dude, you're going to smile on, have fun in the game. And most likely the other person's going to realize that you have a lighted spirit or a levity about you that's just like, this is unique. This is different. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And that's attractive, right? I mean, I'm attracted to things that I that I see that are different, things that I've never tried. I'm I'm like, hey, I'm curious about that. Let me let me maybe see if I want to try that. That's right. Nick, what what's a book would you recommend or maybe a resource for a business owner listening today and they want to grow? I should have been prepared. I've got a uh, I guess one that I recently li I listened to, but I also okay. bought the workbook. So I want to kind of listen and follow along. But yeah. extreme ownership, I'm sure most of the people on this pod have read it or listened to it or heard it, Jocko Willink, Extreme Ownership, anything and everything that you do is is a result of your actions. So take responsibility. Yeah. I love I love that phrase of of anything and everything that we do is associated to our actions. And that's exactly why even in the show that I just asked you about your good and bad decisions so that you can help us learn how to make better decisions because our actions come from our decisions. And so if I'm going to if I'm going to take my actions, I'm going to take ownership over my actions, and I'm going to say I am where I am today because of my actions. Well, the step right before that was your decisions. And the step right before that is your mindset. And so it's like, man, if I can really get this baseline and take ownership, I love that book. Love Jocko. So love the, love the recommendation there. What would you say about intentionally networking or masterminding with other entrepreneurs? It's been... I mean, again, I guess going back to one of your previous questions, probably one of the biggest game changers for me is networking with other like-minded individuals and even all the way down to insurance brokers. Networking with people that are trying to build and grow their network is key. It doesn't matter what business you're into your point. You could be in a single transaction type business, but the more you network with other people in your field or in a similar situation, the better you're going to get, the more you're going to learn shortcuts, scripts, terminology, things to use, et cetera. That's right. Love it. I love it. What would you say to the guy listening right now who, big or small business, has never invested in that way? I would say you don't know what you don't know. And it's funny saying that now because about five years ago in the conference room, a couple doors down, one of my mentors today said that to me. And I was so young and immature and, and frustrated when he said, I was like, whatever, I don't care what that means. But uh, yeah, so it's like, be patient, realize that most people out there are trying to help you and, and, and be open-minded, right? Stop thinking you know everything because you really don't know the stuff that you don't know. So yeah. that's kind of a cheesy answer, but. No, it's good, man. You don't know what you don't know. And I like to follow it up with, you don't know who you don't know either. And the who is a key that unlocks and I'm I'm in the process of this. I mean, this is why I do the podcast. I mean, I didn't start the podcast thinking that I would 
find an insurance broker or maybe get a, a mastermind client or whatever. It's like, I'm going to shake my hand. I'm going to put my hand out there. <laughs> I'm just going to see what happens because I don't know who I don't know. And I'm telling you right now, some of the people that I've met over the last year doing this podcast have nothing to do with the podcast or my mastermind group, but have opened up doors that are going to just be incredible for the next 40 plus years for, for however long I'm able to play this game. And so anyway, I just so appreciate that perspective. I think that it's right. I think that it takes a little bit of moment or like momentum or, or time or change that transition that we talked about Warrior to King to actually start realizing the value of the shaking of the hand or the beginning of a relationship or even pressing into maybe an older relationship that maybe it's a little bit stale. I think that that piece right there, those actions, the leverage of those, we just totally miss until at some point where we're like, wow, everything, everything has come from someone. I should meet more someones. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you put that so simply, but yeah, that, I mean, it really is so true, right? Every idea came from somebody else's idea. And so you putting your ideas out there and being open to hearing other people's ideas or how you're going to grow. So you, you said that extremely well. We talked about you, you being part of a family, you being in the business part of a family, but what do you think about being obsessed in your business? We, we, that's how we were successful. We go all in. You kind of mentioned that a little bit ago, but how do you do that with your family or like at home, the, the non-business life? I'm not a fan of the word balance. What I'm a fan of is obsession and just going after all of it. What would you say to that? And what were some of the things that you've done to be able to maybe be obsessed in both of those areas? Another great question. I, and I, I'll have to give a plug real quick because you said the balance and, and I'm going to plug in harmony. There's a great book called The Work-Life Harmony. You hear about the work-life balance all the time, right? But The Work-Life yeah. Harmony by Grant Botma. Weird that I'm plugging the book at, that I haven't read yet. But I, but I, I feel I felt obligated to do that because of what you just said. But I, I've read yeah. his previous books, and I'm certain that this one's going to be fantastic as well. Because, again, some of those cliches, the work-life balance, are just outdated and worked great in different generations, et cetera. But it, maybe not necessarily today. So involving your family, involving your friends in conversations, being open and genuinely interested in what they're doing is probably the biggest factor there, right? Like, especially for somebody in my shoes, nobody wants to talk about insurance ever. And I mean, even my closest friends, when they have an open claim that they need help with, still don't want to talk about it, right? So, so being open to what the other people in your life, your family, your friends, being open to what they're interested in, genuinely, not, not, not doing it so that they'll now start asking you questions about your profession. It's like the, that, that genuine care and the genuine interest in what the people in your life that you love are doing yeah. is going to just bring more of that back. And, and that, that energy will sort of transfer around within your group of family or friends. And, and that's what we're looking to do, right? Pump each other up, promote each other and, and kind of play this game, leveling up with your other players on your team, helping them level up too in this game, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah. I love the, the depiction there of, of, you know, Paying attention, actually, what it is, you being insurance and, and selling recognizes probably more than most of the listeners. But for the listener who's paying close attention of how you've been successful in the business, you've, you've been a good communicator. You've gone all in. You've been aware of others people, other people's needs, whether it's your clients or your team members. You've been intentional. You've, you've shown up with a smile on your face. Like All of these things that we, we can associate to a business task but then we maybe don't or don't do as well in the life that outside of the work 
And so I think that it's just the old, like, man, I'm, I'm no, I'm not comfortable or more comfortable with anybody other than my wife. Like I'm the most comfortable with her. And, and, but yet because of that, then that, what that does is it brings out the worst in me. It's like, well, wait a second. Shouldn't she get the best? You know, that's, that's so funny that you just said that because as you started to give me a little bit of praise for being a good communicator, I instantly thought, well, my wife wouldn't think so, <laughs> but uh, exactly to your point, right? Like, I, and that's something yeah. that I'm, I'm very much working on right now. That's one of my bigger challenges is showing up with this great positive attitude for all these people on my team and prospects and friends and other people's business and then and then not giving my best self to my wife and two daughters so that's something i'm i'm, I'm working on I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because you know the other thing that i was going to say kind of that kind of goes hand in hand with this is these conversations can often kind of come off i think and maybe you can edit this out i'm not trying to to steal your thunder on your show but a lot of shows that i listen to and a lot of podcasts that are self-help might not be the word but stuff that you use yeah. Podcasts you can get a lot of good information and knowledge of oftentimes come off like 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 the people don't make mistakes, right? So like I just wanted to, I guess, take this opportunity to mention that I get down, man. I make mistakes and I get really down and I get frustrated and I throw my head in a pillow and cry and I, I say things that I regret. I argue with my family. Like we're all yeah. humans, right? So everybody, everybody that's been on your show, everybody that's gonna be on your show is just a human. Some of them might admit it, some of them might, but kind of just taking every day one step at a time and, and, and noticing that you, that you do want to show up for your wife or your husband or your son, your daughter. Those are the people that you do want to show up for and just trying to get better every single day as a person is going to help you sort of do that. So yeah. again, yeah, another great. little bit of a cheesy answer. I apologize if I'm coming off cliche no. or whatnot, but I'm just kind of shooting from the hip. Yeah, no, it's it's authentic and and it's real for every listener. In fact, it's it's the reason why I've brought it up in the shows now even <clears throat> is because it's it was something happening in my life, right? Like I mean, I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade and before that I was in sales and so it's like I've been hustling for a long time. I've been with my wife for 18 years, we've been married for 15. We have four beautiful children, but it's like through the process of all that, I've taken her on a ride. Like, whoa, like, and not that kind of ride. I'm talking about like the, like, can we, can we just sit down for a second, please? And, and she's a high performer too. And so she doesn't like sit either, but like, there is like this push pull of I'm up here talking about marriage and, and stuff. And, and I'm sure she can hear me down there going, rolling her eyes going, oh man, because we're working on this. I mean, I mean, we don't, we have a great marriage. I think great marriages work on stuff like this. Of Absolutely. course, if, if it's not a great marriage, then you really need to work on it. But, but we we like work through this stuff. She's honest with me. She's like, "Hey, you need to you need to not, bro, take your own <laughs> advice or or whatever." So I think it's I think it's just honest and vulnerable. And and here I am sharing the same thing. Every single guest that I've had, almost three hundred episodes at this point, and every entrepreneur that is in my group, every entrepreneur that I've come across that are friends or in the city, conferences that I've spoken at, like it doesn't matter. Every single one of them, without a shadow of a doubt, I'm, I'm not exaggerating at all, have said something similar to you and me, which is, I wish I was better at it. I'm going to keep trying, but I wish I was better at it. And so it's like, okay, well, here we are. Here we are. We're just going to try to get better together. I don't know. Yeah, no, exactly. I love that. And, and that's actually like one of the themes of one of the groups that I'm in, better together, man. That is, that's a great catchphrase. Yeah, that's awesome. I got one last question here for you, Nick. You ready? Yes. If you could whisper... In the younger Nick's ear, what would you say? Be patient. 
that's what I've struggled with the most is just being patient. I just get so excited and I just want things to happen so fast. And looking back on the younger Nick and the decisions that I made, if I could have been a little bit more patient, I probably wouldn't have upset as many people. I probably would be, I would probably have a little bit less gray hair, et cetera. So I'd just say, just be patient is a big one for me. Yeah, it's good, man. Appreciate you sharing. Appreciate you being vulnerable, being real. I don't know how many times I can give a different descriptor of that word, but you've been all of them. How can the listener find you? Number one, I want to give you an opportunity here. You do sell insurance and you're a great guy to know how, you know, that does that. So how can they find you if they need a, a quote or if they need to just take a look, if they're in the cannabis in, in, industry specifically, even, even though I know you do more than that, but how can mm -hmm. they find you there or how can they just find you as a, as a business guy to, to chat with? Well, thank you for that, this opportunity. And I kind of want to, hopefully this doesn't come off super cheesy, but I want to say really, I'm, I'm also here representing the independent agent channel, not just me, right? So reach out to the local independent agent in your city, in your town. Don't just dial a number off of Google. I really would say kind of dig into your network, but find a good agent or broker through a friend because we do a little bit of a better job for the people that we know, like, and trust as opposed to just another number who's a customer. So obviously I'm trying to grow my practice, but, but, but I do want to give a plug for the independent agents out there. I guess I'll just keep it simple. I, I'm on social media and all that stuff. I, I really try to limit the amount of time that I'm on there. Like probably every guest on the show has some sort of a structured amount of time that they spend on there, et cetera. But I, I guess I would just say Nick Barton, N-I-C-K-B-A-R-T-E-N.com. I have that website and there's a first thing on there is a suggestion box for good reason. Anybody out there, obviously I'm, I'm willing to help people with their insurance questions, concerns, but really I'm open to suggestions on anything, anything I can do better. There's a suggestion box right there. So go to nickbarton.com, click that box, shoot away with any suggestion you have. Don't, don't hold back. I love it, man. I love the, uh, just the open-mindedness that you've got. It, it's inspiring. We appreciate your time giving. As you have, thank you for being here on the show. Blessings on your family, your family's business, all the things that you're putting your hand to in 2023. Thank you for being here, Nick. Thank you so much, Chaz, and, and your team. You guys are awesome, and, and I'm really excited to uh, listen to all these episodes and, and, and keep promoting. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Gathering the Kings today. I hope that you were able to pull out a few nuggets to go apply into your business right away. More importantly, though, I hope that you're realizing that it takes more to be successful than just being by yourself, doing it all on your own, carrying the weight all by yourself. What I have realized, not only in my own journey from multiple businesses and multiple different industries, and now interviewing literally over two or 300 other very successful seven, eight and nine figure business owners is that it's tough to do it alone. And so Gathering the Kings literally exists to bring together successful entrepreneurs. In fact, we are putting together one thousand kings specifically who are grateful but not done we're intentionally assembling kings who fight tooth and nail for their business family and communities and here's what we believe that in the pursuit of excellence in those areas that it ignites within us the responsibility to govern power and forge a lasting legacy so if that relates and and resonates with you and you know that you need people around you sharp qualified other very successful business owners, I want you to go to gatheringthekings.com. I want you to take a look at what we're doing and see if it makes sense for you to be part of our pursuit to 1,000 Kings. Talk soon.